The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our chosen lesson for Christmas Eve is, is found in Galatians chapter 4. You can open up your bulletins there to, to page 10. And, and my great hope and prayer is that we're going to just be able to unpack everything that this means for, for us today here on Christmas Eve. And if you're at home, um, I invite you to open up your Bibles if you're listening in on, on Zoom this morning to, to Galatians chapter 4. And here's what the Holy Spirit gives to us from the Apostle Paul. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave. And since you are but a son, and since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. This is God's word. Paul's opening salvo, verses four and five. It's a lot. <laughs> it's it's, it's really good. It, it gives us almost all of Christmas. It, it's beautiful, but, but if you just read verses 4 and 5 and unpack just those verses, it will leave you as one looking at Christmas just from the outside in. Like kind of a, like kind of a football stiff arm, if you will. Just a little bit off, but not, not inside here. I, I know that must sound a little bit strange, like maybe even a little bit heretical, but, but the truth of the matter is Galatians 4 and 5 isn't enough. It's not. It's, it's a lot. I mean, look at all of what the Apostle Paul gives to us. It, it's, it's beautiful, actually, just just slow down and think about it. I, you know, this last week I thought, you know what we have to do is fill in the blank. God sent his son. Not paratroopers who just sort of par parachuted in. Not, not Christmas greetings, like happy desires. Like, I, I hope you have a beautiful Christmas. Nothing like that. Not a box of chocolates. Not a present underneath the tree. God sent his son. The magnitude of that. Like God himself in the Holy Trinity sent forth from himself himself. His one and only son. That's a lot. Born of a woman. That's the Virgin Mary. Fully human. Fully God. 
born under law. Like, and what we need to go back and realize that if you're born under law, like all of us are, and you don't keep the law, and nobody has, and nobody is, and nobody ever will, then you fall under a curse. And what that means then is that apart from Christ, we are cursed. But the curse fell on him. And he was fully cursed. Nails and tree and crucifixion and death. Fully God, fully human, fully cursed so that we would be redeemed. And that's a commercial word. That, that is a marketplace word. That's a finance word. And it means that, 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 that the person who does the redeeming, the cost fall, falls fully on him, and the person who is redeemed is set free. Fully God, fully human, fully cursed, so that we would be fully redeemed, so that we would have, do you hear what the Apostle Paul said? The full rights of sons. That's Christmassy, isn't it? It's almost a full and entire Christmas, fully God, fully man, fully cursed, fully redeemed, fully having the rights of sons, but we're still not there yet. Here's the thing you got to know about human beings. We are a strange race. And we can look at something like that and it might as well be a million miles away sometimes. It's almost Christmas cliche. You've probably read it in books and you've seen it in the movies. There's a sad guy who's walking down the street on Christmas Eve, a day like today, and he looks in this window. It's a warm scene. And there's this family, and they're all getting along. And there they are, they're opening up their Christmas presents, and there's, there's a fire in the fireplace, and this guy looks in wistfully and sadly. There it is. There's Christmas. But for him, it wasn't Christmas. It was a million miles away. I've had moments like that in my life where, where you look at something and you know that this is a good gift and you want to feel it in here and you don't quite feel it, not yet. My dog, Cooper, some of you know this story, ran away once. We loved him, I think, more than he loved us. And he went on a little joy ride and it was right when my daughter, Brooke, was born. I remember Taylee coming to hold her baby sister for the first time in the hospital. And it, you know, it's supposed to be one of those iconic family moments. And there I was, sad, because my dog was gone. And I was looking at my oldest daughter holding my new baby, Brooke. It could have been a moment that was happening a million miles away, but there I was, not receiving with joy the good gift of God because something else was wrong. 
See, sometimes we can look at something from the outside, but on the inside, we haven't made it yet. And you know what they say about Christmas time? They say, I read the stat from Pew. 25% of people, I think it's higher than this, say that, that Christmas time is more disappointing, more stressful, and more sad than any other time of the year. And we have Galatians for chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. It's as if we look at it as human beings. We're like, well, that's nice, but, but our hearts might as well be a million miles away. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that one of the reasons you came here this morning is because of that. We know, we know what's happening on the outside, that all of the good gifts that God has given to us in His Son, but we want to experience Christmas. We want to receive Christmas. We want it to fill our hearts. Here's what I'm thinking. I read this quote. I read this quote about when we begin sermons, and the author said, we always begin sermons on Sunday morning as a church with fear and hope. Fear, I imagine, because you're afraid that the pastor's not going to rise up and meet the moment and bring a word that you need, but hope that just maybe he might. That the word of God would rise up and touch you just where you need it. I'm thinking that people have come here and you sense what we might call the Christmas gap. Like, like the, the distance between what we know we should feel and what we're actually feeling. Like you come here with the Christmas gap, and, and maybe it's just sheer boredom of life. Like the routine of it, or maybe, maybe you're sitting here just completely distracted thinking about what's happening later today, or maybe you're coming here and you actually are really sad. But all of us come here with the same need that, that Christmas would not be something that we would only observe, but Christmas, as the Christian poet put it, that Christ would be born in us today. That it would, that it would become something not just from the outside, but from the inside. And you know what? I think Paul knew that. He knew that Christmas could be that way. In fact, he, he says, he continues on from verses 4 and 5. He doesn't just stop there. In fact, this is what he says. He says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. You might say that that's Christmas on the inside. Like, we, we could do the whole fill-in-the-blank thing. Like, God, God didn't send his Christmas wishes or some tepid, sugary drink or he, he didn't send, like, uh, some sort of blazing fireplace. What he sent was his spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Christmas spirit. You might say, where did he send the Spirit 
into our hearts. That is, that's, that's the spiritual center of our being. That's the volitional center of our being. That is the emotional center of our being. He sent His Holy Spirit there to dwell because only the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit could take people who are so full of sin and so hollowed out that we could stare, stare at our baby God come to die for us and not take it in. We could put it this way. That Christmas needs not just one sending, but two. For it to really be Christmas, we need God to send His Son. And He did. He laid Him in a manger to be the Lamb of God. But if we want to take Christmas and move it to the inside, we also need God to send His Spirit. And he has the same spirit that hovered over the earth to give newness of life, the same spirit that hovered over the womb of the Virgin Mary, that same spirit comes and he sends him into our hearts. All of God, all of the Holy Trinity, so that we could not just know that God has come for us, but that we could trust it. So that we could know that, that God has not just given us the status of sons of God, but he's given us the power to use that status. So that, so that God could, could remind us that we're not just redeemed, but that we could, we could totally rejoice in it and receive it in our hearts. Two sendings, not just one. Christmas inside and out. Have you ever thought about what that looks like then? Or I should rephrase the question. Have you thought about what that sounds like? Because that's what we have here. It, Christmas, according to the Apostle Paul, is loud. Screeching. This is what he says. God sent the spirit of his sons into our hearts, the spirit who calls out. Which means, I think the NIV sort of deliberately keeps the, the level of rhetoric too low. Because the word call out actually means a sound that is sometimes unpleasant. It could be a shriek, a cry, a shout. Abba, Father. You know the one time in Scripture where Jesus said it? In the Garden of Gethsemane. There he was, the night before he was to die for the sins of the world, and he's on his knees and he says, Father, if it is your will, Abba, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. A cry. That's what Christmas sounds like. You see, sometimes I think we get the wrong idea about Christmas. Like it, it's been fossified and, and mummified 
to such an extent that, that we think if we don't have chestnuts roasting over fire and, and some sort of fake, tepid happiness, that we've somehow missed out on the holiday. But Paul says if, if we're going to get Christmas, God's going to do two sendings into our hearts, and then it's going to get shrieky and loud, and people are going to be crying out. In fact, <laughs> this is what Christmas looks like. When we finally get a, 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 as sons and daughters of the Most High who have been brought in relationship with the Father, that we would then not only get our status, but use the power to cry out. Abba, Father. And this God does for us. You see who's doing the crying out here? The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. He'll do it alone as long as you don't join him. But I say join him. I say join him. Whatever it is. What, 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 whatever it is that is, that is causing the Christmas gap, you speak it in your own heart. And then say with the Spirit, Abba, Father. And then you'll have Christmas. That's what it means to have Christmas. We could say it another way. That Christmas never happens without Lent. And it never happens without Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter Sunday and Pentecost. Or we could say it another way. Christmas never happens without the incarnation, without Jesus' suffering and death, without his powerful resurrection from the grave, and apart from God's sending of the Spirit. It all is encapsulated into one. And when we get that, Christ is born in our hearts. And it moves this way. Christmas starts on the outside. It moves to the inside. And finally it moves up. And we cry out, Abba, Father. 